I'm sure that you have these songs that take you back. If you were to play uh, music by the Stone Roses, I'm no longer here in Canada in 2020. Instead, I'm driving along the motorway in North Wales on the way to a pub in Bangor with in my friend Tom's Volkswagen. It's 2003. James is in the front and Tom, and in the back is me and Claire. And uh, and we, we've been working hard mapping a, a geological area during during the day, and now we're just relaxing. And so we're going to the pub to have a pint and to watch a movie. Music is connected to memory. Music is connected to our journey through life. Whenever I hear the song Vaccination Scar by the Tragically Hip, I think of my time as a, as a newcomer here to Canada in 2004. Nora Jones's first album makes me think of my wedding and my honeymoon. When I hear the song Aguas Abril by Luis Pastor, I'm transported back to a family holiday in Frigiliana in Narja, Spain in 2006. None of our girls are even there at that moment. That's how long ago it is. When I hear the soundtrack to the movie Amelie, I'm transported to uh, Wendy and I sat in, sat in a crappery in uh, Montreal in 2007. And then whenever I hear Taylor Swift's album, 1989, Enya and I are on a motorway driving north to Liverpool where we sit down and we eat a lovely breakfast together. For me, life is a soundtrack. Music is connected to memory. And, uh, and actually, um, as a family, we as the Wallaces have a Spotify playlist that we are continually adding to. Um, songs that have, or, or it's, it's a playlist that has our favorite songs as a family. Songs linked with memories and with moments in our lives. And so if there's, if there's any playlist that the girls um, ask to listen to, it's this one. And when the girls grow up, I hope that they stream that playlist and they remember all these, all these, uh, all these moments as a family. It's our playlist. We're all on a journey, right? We're all on a road trip. We're all traveling from somewhere to somewhere. Everyone in the world is. And as humans, our journey starts at conception and it ends in eternity. This is our road trip. And that's what this series, Journey Songs, is, is, is really about. It's about, it's about finding out, it's about finding that sound, soundtrack that God has created for this road trip that we call life. You see, God knew that we needed song. He knew that we would need songs that we can remember and internalize and make a connection with our souls with. Songs that have an important impact on our lives. And this is why singing worship songs is important. This is why memorizing hymns and singing hymns is so vital. This is why the book of Psalms exists in the Bible to, to help us have a playlist for our journey through life. 
And then within Psalms, there's this sub-collection of 14 Psalms known as the Psalms of Ascent. I mentioned them last, or last week or the week before. And these were songs that would have been sung by the pilgrims as they traveled from wherever they lived to the holy city of Jerusalem to worship God uh, three, three times a year. This was their playlist for their road trip. These were their journey songs. And so as they walked, they sang, as they, as they hiked, they sang, as they rode on their donkeys, whatever it is, they sang. And, and the songs that they sang changed as the landscape changed around them. And, and this land, changing landscape kind of reflects the uh, hills and valleys of our journey through life, right? You know, the good times and the bad times. It's not always sunshine and roses. Sometimes there are valleys too. And, and, and so I cannot think of a better soundtrack to, uh, to, to our next journey as a church, to launching Church 414 on September the 13th. Because this, this, this um, set of 14 psalms tracks real life. There are, there are comforting songs and there are expectant songs and there are hurting songs and hopeful songs and there are needy songs and there are rejoicing songs. It's all in there. It's all in this playlist from Psalm 120 to Psalm 134. Now, some of these psalms look back Psalm 126 verse 3, the Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. He has done great things for us and as a result, we are filled with joy. Remembering God's work in the past leads to worship in the present. And, that's, and so that's where I, where I want to camp for the rest of this sermon, remembering Right, This spiritual act of casting our minds back and walking down memory lane as a church, recollecting, remembering, reviewing. And so we're going to spend a few moments remembering the great things that the Lord has done for us over this past year with the goal that perhaps we too may be filled with joy. Amen. Now, this message actually came out of the annual report that I write each year for, for our elections meeting, which will, which will be taking place after this um, service. And as I wrote, my heart was moved and I was encouraged. And, and I realized that this isn't just a report for an annual election meeting. This is too good not to share with, with you. Because as we remember... Um, what the Lord has done, these great things that he has done, we are filled with joy. Remembering leads to worship. And we need to worship, friends, which means that we need to remember. Now, this time last year, or you know, just leading into our elections meeting last year, I shared 1 Kings 18, verse, verse, verse 37, this verse that God had given me for this past year. 1 Kings 18.37, answer me, Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. This is a verse that I've been memorizing and I've been meditating over and, I, you know, and I've been praying over you and over this church and over our community. Answer me, Lord, that these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. 
Salvation, heart change, life change, society change is a work of God. True heart change is something that only he can bring about. And what we've seen is that God has been gracious and he has been turning our hearts back again. But one year later, what is, what is, what do I feel is God's verse for us now or for me now? And he kind of led me to 2 Corinthians 6, starting at verse 3. Let's read this all together, right? We put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way than jumping on to verse 7 in truthful speech and in the power of God with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left. Amen. And so as we look at this year of 2020 and 2021 as a church, I want us to be facing the future with truthful speech and in the power of God with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and the left. And I don't even know what that means yet, but I love the sound of it. I... I want us to be prepared. I want us to be standing in the purity and the power and the passion of God as Dr. Stephen Elliott shared with us last week. And I want us to be found faithful with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left hand. I want to leave no room in my hands for faithless acts or for works of unrighteousness or for laziness. I want both hands full and occupied. I want to be armed and dangerous us for Jesus. And so with 2 Corinthians 6 um, in our minds, let's look back over this past year through the lenses of know and grow and show. And remember that our goal is to remember the great things that God has done for us so that we may be filled with joy. So let's start with know. Signs of no, let's look back at the landscape of the past year and see where we can see signs of knowing Jesus. First, over this past year, we've had new people start calling Cornerstone their home, which has been incredible. We, we've seen people from our community journeying with us. Also on August the 6th, 2019, a year ago, right? Crazy. Nathan Go started, started working at Cornerstone as our youth pastor. And this was such a faith, a faith step for us financially and otherwise. And Nathan has been used by God by, by engaging the teens, by, by teaching them solid truth, and by coming alongside them, and by empowering leaders, both adult and teen. His wonderful creativity in keeping the teens engaged, even during this season of COVID-19, has been incredible. Also late 2019, we, we completed phase two of the showroom by laying that flooring under Mark Brunet's guidance. We also had 
had Kim Holland, who, who organized a, a top-notch comprehensive fire plan to be drawn up for Cornerstone. Honestly, it's one of the best in the city, if not the best in the city. And so we had all these plans, you know, to do a fire drill, uh, you know, on a Sunday morning, which would have been kind of crazy and exciting and all that stuff. But COVID. We also had Shannon and, and Adrian relaunch our midweek kids' ministries, rebranded as Mighty Girls and Fearless Boys, mixing this teaching of biblical truth with lots of created fun. I'm so grateful for these two women and the rest of the people that headed up our various ministries through this past year. Also, through this past year, we have really covered a lot of ground um, on Sunday mornings, we've journeyed through, through the book of Proverbs, through First John, through the Lord's Prayer. We did the SOAP Bible reading plan, um, and we looked at Revelation and Luke and Hebrews and James and First and Timothy. And then most recently, we uh, looked at Esther, at carving a legacy from chaos. And looking back, this year has really been a year of sending our roots deep into the Word of God, hasn't it? And it's been good. And might it be that perhaps God was preparing us for COVID-19 as we learnt practical wisdom from, from Proverbs? Um, we learnt how to read the Bible for ourselves uh, through the SOAP plan. We learnt how to pray from Matthew chapter 6. And as we delved into the mystery of God's sovereignty and human free will in the book of Esther. And then in other news... Me and Kim Tapper had the privilege of representing the Central Canada District, uh, our first ever Wesleyan Church of Canada National Conference in August 2019, which was incredible. Such an honor, such a wonderful experience. And then I served as well as the leader of the Ottawa Zone of Pastors, a group of pastors who meet for encouragement and prayer. And then more recently, I've taken over as the chair of the Central Canada Global Partners Missions Board. There's so much more that's, that's been happening um, in our church, in our community, in our lives. But here's, here's just a few signs of knowing Jesus as we look back over that horizon of the past year. Now let's re-scan that horizon and let's look for ways that we've grown in, sh in, in grow, signs of grow. Like I said, as a church, we completed the 70-day Bible reading challenge individually, in groups, in, in Facebook groups, and also in our sermons on Sunday. So thank you to Linda Tapper for her leadership in this. We also had that special Sunday uh, when our very own Cody Holland uh, shared bravely his journey of addiction and freedom in November of last year. And then at the start of this year, Ralph and Grace and Kim and Linda and Nathan and Kate and I got to uh, go to Steinbach, Manitoba to experience church renewal, uh, which was incredible and transformative and since then I've uh, start I've now finished year 1 in a 3 year mentoring track of personal transformation with church renewal via a weekly weekly video conference and lots of homework lots of study lots of uh, memorization but 
but just meeting with pastors via Zoom um, across the country and seeing that we're all on a journey of wanting God to renew our churches has been incredible. And we've also had some moments where we, where we can use our experiences to help others grow. So here's a couple of maybe personal ones. Um, Wendy and I uh, spoke as, as, as part of a three-part online conversation with Tanya Nace about, um, about, the, uh, about the glass ceiling for women within the Wesleyan Church. Um, and then also more recently, I've been mentoring a woman pastor in Newfoundland um, about how to preach. And I don't know if I do any good. Maybe you could tell her more than me. But, uh, you know, that's an opportunity which I've had over the past little while. So, and, and then there's just been so many um, chances to counsel and to walk alongside people and to help them through um, hard seasons of their life. Just, you know, things which I can't ever mention here on camera, but, but, but just they're so rich and so meaningful. I love my job. However, some people say that real growth uh, takes place in the valleys, right? It's not always the rah-rah happy times, but it's in the times where we kind of learn perhaps as much how not to do something as we're learning how to do something. And so, and so it's important as we look at this landscape that we pause and we take stock here. And, and, and here are some of these kind of growth areas, these maybe valley areas, um, which look at us on the landscape. One of them was the uh, was our town hall meeting on the sixth of October, where we as a church family got to share as share share from our our hearts about um, about things both both positive and negative. How are we doing as a church? What do we need to change? How do we need to grow? And these meetings can be scary sometimes, but, but my experience is that they're so worth it. And, and yes, it was. It was a productive and it was a meaningful meeting led by Kate Ghosts. And it led to some clear action points uh, from you guys for me. Friends, we, what I heard you say is that we want more of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Who doesn't want more of the Holy Spirit? That we need more connection points for our seniors, that we need more short-term mission trips. Amen to that. And we need to invite more special speakers. And so we uh, started creating an action plan based on these action points. We, we actually had a missions trip booked, led, led by Wendy, and we were lining up special speakers, and we were creating a task force um, for our seniors under Terry's leadership. But then COVID. Seriously, I have this picture of Stacy and I taken in December last year with the whole of the year planned out. Easter, fire drill, annual baptisms, the big give, uh, conference, Zion Hill, service Sunday, full ministry, la- full ministry launch. It's all there. And look at our faces, how proud we are and how pleased that we're planning ahead. You know, we're so excited and so naive, right? We thought we did a good job. We thought we had it all in hand. Yeah. 
And then there were some other times where we kind of learned uh, from those from those moments in the valley, and maybe we're we're even still learning now. You know. We tried to launch a church app, so an app that we could have on the phone that would just just keep us more connected and more more um, linked in and more engaged. But in spite of you know a lot of research and a lot of time investment for logistical reasons as well as financial reasons, we chose in the end to opt out of that. And you know, and then there's these moments which just which, which just make you ask why. You know, our children's midweek attendance has been lower in the past year, over the past couple of years, actually, uh, in spite of the excellent effort and the creativity of our leaders. Uh, you know, these 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 uh, folks, these women, who I'm so absolutely grateful for, and it just makes me scratch my head and go, Lord, why? Um, what's happening here? And we've also had a number of deaths over the past year in our church. Some, some uh, real saints, you know, and, 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 and there's a number of us I know who are still feeling those losses very, very keenly. And probably like many, many churches, we've been struggling. We've had our seasons of struggling financially and yet against the odds. At the start of, of COVID-19, we rallied. So thank you so much, guys. I don't know if you realize this, but it's now 24 weeks since the school shut down uh, because of COVID. And the shift that we've had to do as a society and as individuals, as well as a church, has been nothing short of incredible. We've reduced our, you know, for us as a church, we've reduced our expenses. We, you know, right at the beginning, we limited working hours. We reviewed our budget line by line to make savings. But, and, but then, and I'm so happy about this because even in the midst of that time where we, where we really had to, had to tighten the belt, um, our board decided as an act of faith that, that we would continue to pay our missionaries first. And we've managed to keep to that um, because of the grace of God and because of the faithfulness of us. Uh, you know, so we've, we've rallied as a church family. Thank you for this. And I would exhort you, I'd encourage you not to give up on that, but to keep on trusting and honoring God with our tithes and our offerings. And in that time as well, you know, as, as well as reducing working hours and meeting weekly as a board and all that craziness that went on a, 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 a at the start of COVID, we also moved our entire worship and community uh, experience online. It was crazy. You know, as a world, we were learning this new language of lockdown and quarantine and shelter in place and social and physical distancing and COVID bubbles and moistly talking and flattening the curve and isolation and how to pivot. You know, that's the word of the day, right? And um, non-essential, right? All these phrases that, that are now common parlance. And I think at that time, most of us just existed on adrenaline and news feeds. And yet in that season, that sense of community engagement and outreach was absolutely palpable. It was, it was this absolutely like this real rough and ready approach to, 
ministry, it, it reminded me of, of serving on the mission field, of having no idea what we're doing, but we're going to do it anyways and see how it works. And so we launched our Bible studies on Zoom and our prayer meeting on Zoom. And then we had our precious family worship times on Facebook Live, live from North Gore and Manatic and even Maine. And then on Sundays, you know, uh, our Wallace family basement turned into this kind of ad hoc studio and uh, our services were recorded live on my phone and then broadcast to, to Facebook Live. We had no idea what we were doing. We were just going ahead and doing it. And it, it really became clear that during this season that these family worship times and the Bible studies and the online prayer really served as lifelines for many of us, uh, helping us to keep on going in spite of the, of the challenge of a world falling apart and the shifting goalposts of a world in pandemic. And though for me, uh, if I'm honest, personally, my bandwidth was maxed out in some ways, I still feel it. Um, but even so, I heard of the many ways that, that we were looking out for each other and we were supporting each other in this season. And it just lifted my spirit. And so I thank you for being the church. And then over time, as it became clear that this lockdown wasn't going away, that this pandemic, this coronavirus wasn't going away, we uh, then moved our online experience from Facebook Live to nogrowshow.online.church and uh, also YouTube. And we started investing in new, new technology and camera equipment and sound equipment uh, so that we could start to create a sense of spirit-led excellence on a Sunday morning in our worship services. And this was a massive um, learning curve. And I'm, so I'm so grateful for the team of people who, who surrounded me at this time and made this happen. And then we started pre-recording uh, our Sunday morning service. I'm actually uh, saying this to you on Thursday, and you're hearing it on Sunday. You know, but that's what we started doing then. And while it felt strange at the beginning, uh, now it's it's so normal for me to be standing here in an empty sanctuary preaching to a camera. In fact, I don't know what I'll do when we actually get folks back here again. Maybe I'll get like a stage fright and clam up i have i have no idea but 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 you know these are really key important changes that happened and uh, even now we're still working hard on a permanent live stream solution for cornerstone that will that will um with god's blessing last long after covid and so, you know, there are many weeks where it's felt like I've been traveling at 120 kilometers an hour in a car at night with my headlights off. And I'm sure you absolutely relate. But what I know is that without doubt, COVID will change how we do ministry. It will change how we do um, life. And so it feels like someone has just chucked everything up in the air and we're still waiting for things to land and to settle and to see what this new landscape looks like. Friends, everything has changed except for our God, our need of our God and our need of each other. And so we choose to keep on walking forwards in faith with each other, arm in arm, trusting him. Now to signs of show. Signs that we have been showing Jesus, or we've been showing people that Jesus loves them. Signs that we've been showing people that Jesus loves them. Now, 
Going back to summer 2019, I don't know if you can remember back that far. It feels like it's 10 years ago, right? Uh, we had the first intern that we've had for a long, long time. Uh, her name was Haven Rhoda, and she was from, from Kingswood University. And she was such a wonderful blessing to us as a church in general, but specifically to our teenage girls. Um, and she also had a huge part in rolling out there she is on the right-hand side of the screen. Uh, sorry, on the left-hand side of the screen. Um, but she, she had a huge part in rolling out our first ever service Sunday in which we hung 650 door hangers of hope uh, throughout 17 subdivisions and areas in our community by 70 people in 12 teams while two hands-on teams showed Jesus' love in a practical way and one team did seniors outreach. What an amazing experience. And then in September, we had our back to school bash, um, which was awesome. And then, and then as well in that season, Sharon led a wonderful alpha, um, which was so successful and was such a, a wonderful experience for so many people. And then we moved to October where we did our first ever Stocktober about restocking the shelves of the North Gore Food Bank with non-perishable foods. And it was a great success. Again, we are a generous church. And then moving into December, we had our largest ever um, community Christmas tree lighting, uh, which was once again just uh, a heart-filling and a God-glorifying experience. As well, we uh, started supporting Thomas Genioli, who's the founder of Miracle Marnie, just ministering to families uh, of children affected by childhood cancer. Such a um, needy work. And so since then, we have been supporting uh, Thomas and Miracle Marnie as missionaries sent from, from Cornerstone or as missionaries connected with Cornerstone. And then moving on a couple of months into February of this year, just prior to lockdown, Kim Holland represented Cornerstone on a key mission trip to Ukraine. And then in spite of COVID, uh, Wendy led us um, in a unique, physically distanced big give, uh, which truly was a blessing as we went through North North Gore, blessing uh, frontline workers and uh, senior citizens and needy folks in our community. It was awesome. And then, of course, Sarah Davis, uh, um, our missionary from, from our church, learned what it, what it meant to be a virtual missionary as she served power to change um, from here before heading back to Montreal after lockdown lifted in the summer. And so all of these mentions, all of these things, none of this counts, you know, the phone calls that you've made and the love and support that you've shown and, uh, and the lawns that you've, you've mowed and the meals that you've made and the gift cards that you've purchased and, and the visits that you've made and the cards and the letters that you've written and these lifelines of hope that you've just sent out over and over again over the past, you know, 24 weeks. And I keep hearing over and over again, secondhand and thirdhand, about what you are doing. And I know that most of you have no idea that I'm hearing these stories about you, but sometimes 
Neil, they do reach me, and, and each time I hear about how you are, you, are, you are showing Jesus' love to each other and to our community, it just, it just makes me whisper, thank you, Lord, every time. And, and each time, you know, it's, it's, it's like the Lord's nudging me and saying, hey, Dan, you're not as important as you think you are. You aren't as vital. Because I'm not the church, right? We are the church, and God's reminding me of that. And I'm so grateful when he tells me that. And so we've looked over this past year. You know, it's, it's like we've scanned the horizon of this past year, looking, looking at this landscape through these lenses of know and grow and show. And there's so much that I've mentioned. Uh, there's, there's so much that I'll only find out in the light of eternity. But, but know this, that God sees and he knows everything. And, but I do want you to hear that looking back, that writing this report, that preaching this message has reminded me how much I appreciate you guys. And it's this act of looking back through these lenses of know and grow and show that, that, that just makes me want to step forward with steps of hope. You, you can see why I'm hopeful, right? All these stories that I've shared are just the tip of the iceberg. The Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. So where are we going as we look forwards? Well, in many ways, we don't know, right? You know, you know, as of this moment, we're still physical distancing. We still need to wear masks in public places. Our group sizes are limited and our gathering um, capabilities are, are hampered by, you know, by safety policies and by, by absolute uh, you know, the need for, for public health. Absolutely. And, and, and while we recognize that, that, that many churches are responding in different ways, we sense that for us, as you know, that God's journey for Cornerstone is Church 414. These, uh, this kind of network of, of micro churches or home churches uh, of these uh, Church 414 clusters that are spread throughout our community. And so I really, I, I, I really need you to be joining me in praying for this new adventure and to make a commitment, you know, to walk into it, you know, as a church, as a family, as a community, and to trust God that he's leading us in this. Psalm 126 verse 3, the Lord has done great things for us. Amen. The Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy.